Hey there, and welcome back into the Direct Selling Accelerator podcast. My name is Sam Hind, and today I get to share a story with you. I love a great story, and I got the pleasure today of interviewing the amazing Seth and Erin Williams. These guys are brother and sister-in-law, and they've gone from being a high school principal and a mum, full-time working mum of two, to being an awesome up-and-coming business in the direct selling industry, almost by accident. Seth started by making laundry detergents in his kitchen until he realized that the very product he was creating for himself became something that everyone else wanted as well. Instead of choosing retail, these two jumped on into the direct selling industry and I'm going to leave it there to let them tell the rest of their amazing story. I know you're going to love listening into them as much as I love chatting with them. So sit back, relax, grab yourself a cup of tea or coffee or a wine, depending on what time of day it is for you right now, and enjoy this awesome episode. I'm really excited to introduce you to Seth and Erin Williams. Enjoy. everybody and welcome back into the Direct Selling Accelerator podcast. I'm really excited today to be joined by two beautiful individuals that have got an awesome story to share with us today. I'd love to welcome on in Erin uh, and Seth Williams. Welcome to the Direct Selling Accelerator podcast, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. We're very <laughs> excited to be here. Oh, now these guys are co-CEOs of Topanga Sense. So I think it makes sense, guys, for us to start by you telling us a little bit about you and your amazing company, and then we'll dive in because I know that you've got a really fun story to share. So I think, you know, we probably need to kick off with where are you guys from? (laughs) We're from um, El Dorado, Arkansas, and that's where our business is located. We kept it here, and both of us Erin is my uh, sister-in-law. She's married to my brother, but both of us grew up around uh, this area and we've stayed. So we're in Arkansas. In the United States. Yeah. I love the fact that we get to do this. You know, who knew a few years ago that, you know, as we launch a podcast, we would get the opportunity to be able to chat with people from all over the globe. And it's just so much fun to be able to meet so many amazing individuals in so many awesome companies. So Great that we can do this. Um, so tell us a little bit about Topanga Sense and how it came about. Well, I um, actually started just kind of by chance. I didn't seek um, out to start a business. I was a high school principal. It was 2017 when the business, uh, when I actually started the business, I had started um, making my own laundry detergent and I decided I would put sense that I liked in the detergent. And what my goal was is to be able to have my laundry detergent smell like I would want to smell if I were where, you know, had washed my hair with a really good shampoo, smelling shampoo or wearing cologne or something like that. So I wanted it to um, not just have that general, you know, uh, spring fresh smell or whatever. I wanted it to actually be good. So I worked um, trying to develop the right uh, product and to where it, you know, looked good and performed. And it took me a long time to kind of get it down, but it was just something I wanted to make for myself. And um, so I started doing it. I started wearing it to school and people would comment and say, oh my goodness, you smell so good. And, you know, (laughs) what are you wearing or whatever? And so, you know, I, I never really wanted to come out and tell people like, well, I'm making my own because I knew that they would want some, but it got to the point where I had to, I had to give up my secret. So I started making quite a bit for um, family and friends as well as myself. And, um, you know, of course, you know, it was kind of expensive, so they would pay me for it. So, and that was mainly just to cover the cost of what I, you know, put into it. But, um, I started noticing that they would want some for friends and family and, you know, it just kind of got to be uh, where I thought, you know, at first that people were just being nice and, you know, wanting to um, not hurt my feelings and show interest and all that. But there it became where I was just constantly everywhere I went. Could you get some detergent for such and such or 
um, can I get another bottle? I'm out, you know? And so I thought, well, there might be something to this. So I, um, you know, started working on the creating the label designs and bottles and packaging and all that. Cause I was just bringing it to people and whatever loose bottles I had around the house. And even sometimes like little bowls that like Tupperware type bowls, <laughs> um, if I didn't have anything else. And so Anyway, I designed an, um, a label and package, and at that point, I had to think about a name, and I'm a huge fan of um, Southern California. I love to travel there, and the sights, and especially the smells, the good ones, <laughs> have kind of taken me, and so I thought, well, I might give this company a California theme name and name all the scents after places that I really like um, in California and kind of uh, theme it that way. And, you know, when I smell something, I want it to kind of remind me of that place. And so anyway, I thought I'd been there enough and a little bit west of LA, um, uh, north of Malibu in the mountains is an area called Topanga. They're the Topanga uh, Mountains. Um, There's Topanga Canyon Road. And it's a beautiful scenic drive, and I love driving through there. And every time I take a new uh, or a friend there who's never been, I always take them on Topanga Canyon Road. And so it's just a beautiful area. And um, so I decided to name the company Topanga Sense. I thought it was different. I thought um, it represented what I wanted the company, um, you know, to look like, feel like. And um, so that's how it got started. So I then started an online store because I figured, you know, it would be just easier to tell my friends and family, go to the store online and place an order and I'll bring it to you or I'll ship it to you. So it kind of got started that way. And my first customers were friends and family. I didn't really do any marketing because I didn't have much spare time to to do it. But I thought, well, if I'm going to make it for, you know, all these people, I'm going to sell it and hopefully make, you know, some money. But even you know, a year or so into it, I never really, um, I had started getting some random customers throughout, you know, different areas, but I never really envisioned myself doing this full time, quitting my job and, you know, this being an industry. And so in a, around 2018, I was um, talking to um, Aaron and my brother about, because I was making all this in my house, in my kitchen. <laughs> and been doing that for a little over a year, and I was a little bit stressed, you know, with uh, my job, and also having that, you know, in my house, I was just ready to either, you know, give it up and um, move on, um, or, you know, I needed some kind of space. And so, my brother and Aaron talked, and they, Aaron wanted to go in partnership and offered to let us make it at their house and their house is bigger and um, had a little bit more space and uh, better equipped. And so we did that. And um, for a few months, we made it in their dining room and kitchen. I've got some pictures of some of my first shipments that were not to friends and family. So I've got all that stuff Uh, and some tables and packaging and stuff. It's amazing to hear this story. And I love uh, that you essentially started your business the way that most people start a direct selling business, which is to their family and friends. Mm-hmm. So it goes from family and friends. It starts to develop. You start to get a little bit of momentum with it. So at some point you you go, okay, I need to go in. I really need to go in on this. I'm, I'm being a high school principal. Was it high school? Did you say? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just, that blows my mind. So a high school principal making detergent in your kitchen and suddenly you decide, you know what, I need to go all in on this. So what was that point for you? It was after we had started making it at um, Aaron's house and um, I had some help. Uh, we were able to do a little bit more marketing and kind of get it out there some more. We did some trade shows and we had great success there. And so, you know, being able to see and I had noticed that some of the customers who had found my store that I didn't know that had ordered came back and ordered more. And I thought, well, that's really something, you know, they, they don't know me, they don't know, you know, and they're not just doing it to be nice. 
Um, and once we saw the success that we had at uh, the first trade show that we did, we came back with empty boxes. You know, we had sold out of it and um, that kind of told us, okay, we can, we can continue to, to do this. We see a definitely a market, but the way that the product sells itself, you know, is what kind of led us into doing multi-level marketing, direct selling yeah. and selling it through that channel. For one, if we were to go into a sell to retail stores, um, I was concerned about the cost of shipping because, you know, if you order enough to put in your store to display, generally, um, you know, you're ordering in, you know, large volume. And that is, you know, our product is pretty heavy. Um, it's, you know, just as far as if you get 20 in a box, it's a really heavy box. And so, you know, business owners, I was afraid they'd look at the cost of shipping and all of that. But also just the amount of detergent I was able to sell just out in public at the grocery store and somebody coming up and saying, you know, oh, you smell great. Um, what, is, what is that? Um, I thought... Like you're the walking, talking marketing of this company. Yes. And I just thought... I, I had some friends who were in um, some other multi-level marketing companies. So I was familiar with, you know, the the whole um, idea of it. And, and I thought this would be the perfect product because... A lot of times it will attract people to you and ask and, and the conversation starts by how you smell. And so once we uh, decided to go that route, we found some software to, you know, get everything lined up and give people, you know, a chance to earn commissions and sales would go under them. And it was a very affordable software and it was just very, very basic, but we wanted to try it out first before we spent a lot of money on a, you know, more um, high-tech software yep. that would do things and, and support a more complex compensation plan. And so um, we tried it out. We did a pre-launch or a pre-pre-launch <laughs> um, for about six to nine months. And just within the first few months, we started working on getting the new software because we knew that this was going to be successful just yeah. by what we could see. Um, and so I do remember it was the Christmas Thanksgiving time around 2018. We were do we were we had distributors for us and we had uh, lots and lots of orders, kept us very busy. And at that time, we realized that we're going to have to build a um, warehouse. So we got started on that because of the Christmas orders that came through that year. And we were yeah. very, very busy spending every extra minute that we had. Erin was working um, full-time, not at Topanga. She had a full-time job. Also, Erin, you're still working at this point as well. Yes, and married and two kids. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So I just want to backtrack a little minute here. Erin, you know, like listening to Seth talking about this experience and how he, you know, he wants to smell good and he wants to make his own detergent, which in itself, I don't think there's a lot of people out there that would go down this road, that would, would, would go to the extent of actually developing and creating a product because they're just not happy with, with what's out there and available. You're watching this whole process and this is the brother-in-law. I know like eventually you go, there's something in this, but initially what are your thoughts watching your brother-in-law in his kitchen mixing up all of this detergent? Well, I was one of the family members that would bug him mm -hmm. <laughs> every time he would come out to see us and hang out with his niece and nephew. I would be like, do you have more? <laughs> um, <laughs> we're getting so we were very encouraging and you know, with Seth, he loves doing research and looking into things and trying to figure out different ways um, to work through problems. So that was just kind of some things he did and we reaped the benefits of it. So we were really, you know, encouraging to him. His whole entire family was, I was selling the products before it was even a direct sales <laughs> company. Um, I had coworkers that were constantly stopping me. I worked in a nursing home. Um, I did therapy there and I had people all the time wanting to know what's that smell. So I was constantly sending him business anyway. So we knew he had a great product. So whenever he, you know, asked us to, you know, would we be interested? 
we were all in because we knew that it could definitely be a successful company. I love that. And I love the fact that you guys are a family business. So uh, I know that you've got a much bigger team than that now, and I'm sure we'll get to that. But how has it been working together in the family? Has it, you know, how's that work for you guys? You know, when you go in business with maybe somebody you don't know very well, but you might have, you know, a business mind um, that is similar to somebody else, you decide to go into business. A lot of times there's not a lot of trust there, just organically. And I I think that when you, you know, and it doesn't always work out because, you know, sometimes you fight with family members more than you do anybody else. Yeah. But um, one thing um, I feel that there's trust that are wanting to see the business succeed and aren't trying to pull it in one direction or the other from each other. and. Yeah there's a mutual trust and respect there. Yeah. And, you know, we kind of have different roles that we've developed and we kind of let each other, you know, we, we collaborate with different things and and talk about, you know, things, but, you know, Aaron does more of the relations with distributors and, you know, coming up with ideas and events. Her sister, Brooke, works for us too. So it is <laughs> oh, a Oh, wow. So yeah. <laughs> you're just drawing more of them in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dealing with that is more, um, and being more public, um, I guess, and uh, more engaging with the distributors is more of what she does. I'm more of the behind the scenes business um, person that, you know, I do a lot of you know, bookkeep or not bookkeeping, but accounting and um, all the fun and, stuff. You get all the research. research. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lots of research. Yes, and, yeah. and creating new products yeah. and and all of that. And yeah. so, and I, and I noticed too, your your products have expanded from being just detergent as well. If you go to your website, you've got loads of other products available now. So, how do you come up with all of these ideas? And is this are these things that are, are suggested to you by your distributors, or you just have such a creative mind, you're coming up with all of these different ideas? Well, the scents um, we come up with, and, you know, that's one of the things I'm very, very sensitive to uh, scent and uh, what I think will make a good detergent. You know, not every scent makes a good detergent. You know, it might smell good in the bottle, but when it's on your clothes, it's, it's got a different smell. Um, and vice versa. We have one of our fragrances, when people smell it out of the bottle, they're not really impressed. But once they put it on their clothes, they're like, oh, my goodness, <laughs> this is my favorite. Yes. But the scents, you know, we we come up with, we've, you know, had some distributors and customers give us some feedback about, oh, you should come out with one that's got this type of smell or or some of these notes in it. But you know, for the most part, we're looking for a specific scent uh, for a specific, you know, purpose. And, um, but we have had distributors that have, you know, suggested, you know, y'all should do soap and lotion. That would be great. And we, you know, of course we would try it and and they ended up selling. And so most of the time um, it's, based on feedback from customers and distributors. Yeah. And the fabric spray that we have, which is awesome. Um, It's very versatile. He started making that pretty quickly after he started the detergent. So, you know, the detergent was first, but the fabric spray came soon after. Mm -hmm. And then we've been able to add other products through that. Um, My husband and actually Seth's parents, my in-laws have another business um, so we've kind of been um, in family business for a while. Um, but one of the things that they do is they install countertops. And, you know, so we really wanted to start looking into a cleaner. And that's kind of how the cleaner came about was we wanted, um, you know, to be able to use something um, that still smelled great, but had great cleaning powder power. So they really helped us out with that. And they would take it, you know, we would develop it, they would take it and kind of put their stamp of approval on um, that product. So they've all pretty well been formed, like you said earlier, organically over things. <laughs> I love that there's all this research going into it. And you're basically saying, look, I want to create something I like, um, and that I would use. And, uh, and I love that philosophy. I think that's fantastic. So 
you've moved into the direct selling industry. This is a very unique industry and you guys previously didn't have any experience in this space. Am I right in saying that? Um, I mean, not, not as an owner, <laughs> no. <laughs> so how have you found the transition to take your business into the direct selling industry? How did that work out for you guys? Well, it's really how we started other than our trade shows. Yeah. Um, we didn't really, you know, start in any way um, different in, in a different way. And so really it's all that all we've known. Now, of course, once we started looking into using this business model, ton of research that had to be done because it is so much different than really anything else. And so, you know, I had to really look at how to, how much can we pay out and still stay afloat, you know, but also still retain uh, distributors. The software was a really big hurdle and trying to logistically figure all that out, yeah. compensation plan, the structure of the business, all of that. It's, it's very specific. We just had to dig in and do a lot of research. And, you know, there's not just a lot out there. They don't offer a business class in college <laughs> on Rex that I'm aware of. Um, it might be an elective, but general, you know, in general, you know, business people, even, um, you know, people in academia are not familiar, you know, with this business model. So there was not really anyone to go to you know, at the university level and talked to and that had done a lot of research into this, it was, we had to really, really dig on our own. Yeah. And bottom line was we knew we had a great product and we knew that that was the best way for us at the time. And now to market it is through direct selling. And we just loved the concept of it and being able to have anyone benefit from, you know, using our products and selling our products. That was something that really intrigued us and that we wanted to be a part of was being able to help anyone that wanted to benefit from this business model. Yeah. And, you know, over time, as you've seen this develop and you guys have been going ahead in leaps and bounds. And I think part of that is because you're so real and personal um, and, and people connect to you and the story. But, you know, how have you found that process of, hey, you know what, we, there's, suddenly there's this realisation that we're not just building our business, but we're also supporting other people in building theirs? Well, we had a kind of a small event, but we had an event, uh, a small event, I wouldn't call it a conference, but we wanted to get together, you know, a group of people that we had noticed, you know, really uh, put in extra effort. Um, shared ideas, you know, because when we first started, it was, you know, we didn't have a marketing team and which, you know, we, our distributors kind of would post on Facebook and we'd help each other. And so a lot of, we wanted a group of people, we got about 20 to come um, to um, this hotel and we rented out a Conference conference room. And it was really the first time that I had uh, seen in person people that sold that I didn't know previously mm. that hearing their stories and how, you know, they weren't salespeople and they never thought they would be, but they just decided to maybe, you know, sign up and get the discount. Why not? And they ended up becoming very successful. And so hearing, hearing their stories mm. and how much they love the product, how um, they love having a team and helping them, that was the first time that I really was able to put a face to this because I had been, you know, I'd seen uh, the names through email and through writing commission checks and different things like that. But just seeing them and hearing them in person uh, talk about what the business had done for them already um, was really um, eye-opening and special for me. And that was, at you know, the point where I thought, well, this is already done what we wanted it to do Mm. is to, you know, help other people as well. So um, that was really eye-opening for me. I can imagine that that would be quite, and, you know, like you said, very eye-opening. I think that'd be a little bit of a a hit to see that and go, wow, you know, from me doing this in my kitchen, I'm now impacting 
not just people's lives with the product, people's lives, you know, with with the financial. I just I love um, what you've done. I love how and and I'm I'm pretty excited for you guys that you've chosen this industry. I'm sold out for this industry. I know how powerful it is, but I'm really excited for you guys because you're really still at the very beginning of this journey. You've got so much ha- to happen yet, and you've already grown so much over that time. You guys are currently just in the US, is that right? Yes. Yes, we're trying to expand throughout the whole United States first. <laughs> yeah, so that was my next question is, you know, what what exciting plans have you got um, in play? What are you, that you can tell us about? I know there'll be all this top secret stuff, of course, but I'd love to know, you know, where do you see Topanga Sense going? Well, I mean, right now we're really focusing on brand recognition and getting our content out there in um United States all over. You know, we are all over the the United States already, but not to the numbers that we feel like, you know, the potential that's there. And then, of course, after that, you know, we have big dreams. We're wanting to reach other countries, (laughs) all the continents that we can. Australia will be next, right? (laughs) Yes. Yes. Well, we have a great connection now to there. So, (laughs) so yeah, really getting it, you know, perfected here. Um, That way, we will be more prepared to go out into other areas throughout the whole entire world. So, yeah, we have big plans. <laughs> so, guys, I'm going to ask you a little tough question now, and I didn't really preempt this one, but, you know, one of the things that, you know, we know happens in business, you guys are in business, I'm in business, anyone who's in business knows that it doesn't all just work out all of the time. So, if you guys, you know, experienced any little hiccups along the way, maybe lessons you learned where you're like, if we were doing this again, we wouldn't try that. Oh, yeah. Well, (laughs) one of the hardest things, but one of the most important things is a good software. And, you know, your business really can't run if your software doesn't run. And, you know, developing a software was very difficult because we had to make sure that it had all that we needed to offer. Whenever we switched over our um, software from the one that was just very basic to the one that we have now, there were hiccups as far as how commissions were run, what they had coded in for our compensation plan. Um, Even just getting it launched and up and going was difficult. And, you know, the company that we um, used is, you know, working full-time with other companies as well. And, you know, when you have an emergency, you really want their full attention right then and it, you know, taken care of. And we found, you know, it was around when COVID levels were really high and everybody was working from home. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, we would call customer service and then they would have to reach out to the developers and it would, you know, it was just a process. And a lot of times, you know, it might be like we had an issue that we had to shut the store down for like two days because the uh, orders weren't going under the right people or the oh, commissions no. right. So, <laughs> and and so that way we didn't like mess anybody up. We just thought we've got to shut it down until it's fixed. So we it seems to you know knock on wood be smooth sailing. We've got a lot of the kinks worked out with our um, software, but that was kind of a bumpy road at the beginning. But I do think that that's just how that process goes because every company that they make these for is different. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so that was difficult. Um, another thing that had, that was really hard for us when we started selling a lot more, we, you know, we did end up building a warehouse, but we, you know, we quickly, you know, started um, running out of room for our supplies, for products and all of that. But when the pandemic hit, we um, had a lot of trouble getting chemicals and plastic. And that's what our product, you know, we use plastic bottles. Those were in very short supply because all of the companies were making hand sanitizer bottles. Of course, yeah. We went a few months where we had to only sell refills of our fabric spray because we could not get sprayers. And we can't, you know, really sell you a fabric spray without a a sprayer. (laughs) That was very difficult. And 
you know, everybody was doing everything that they could. The biggest companies, the biggest plastic suppliers, they were wiped out for months. Mm. We've got a four or five month lead, you know, wait time. And we would stay on the phone with different companies. And I was Googling companies (laughs) all over the place. And we ended up really finding some good suppliers that we still use um, in that process. And Mm. so that was a good thing. But there's really nothing that you can do when you're relying on somebody else because they're relying on someone else too. Yeah. And, you know, there was just really nothing that we could do other than, you know, try to source for other, you know, places, but our fragrance company, and, you know, that's our, that's our main um, ingredient and and everything. They were having trouble getting, you know, chemicals. And so, you know, there was kind of a backlog in that. So when we would order, we would make sure we ordered in, and enough to get us by two months if we needed to, because yeah. at one point there was at least a month hold on our, you know, ordering. And so wow. luckily that has really resolved itself. That's gotten so much better, but that was a really tough time uh, during that time because, you know, we, we had to have the products because that's what we, we do. That's how we make our money. That's how our distributors make their money. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at, at certain points, we felt like we were letting them down um, because if we're out of stock, they're not able to sell and make yeah. money. So it's just a, a very difficult thing that we did learn a lesson, though, to order a lot more than you need. Uh, <laughs> Be you, ready. <laughs> yes, you will use it. Yes, Have plenty of toilet paper. It's, yeah. yes. And at that time, as soon as we would think we had enough, our sales would increase even more. So it was very difficult to predict because they kept jumping up and um, changing constantly. And so, you know, it was hard to get a handle on that for a while, especially when supplies were in such (laughs) demand. And that was my next question because, you know, the, the, across the board in, in almost every company in direct sales or MLM over that period, when suddenly people couldn't go out, they were at home, you know, sales increased significantly. And so, like you guys, most people were experiencing a shortage in products of some description, whether particularly those that have got anything alcohol-based because, of course, of the sanitizer and, and you've said the bottles um, and packaging. And so I know, you know, lots and lots of companies that, that you know, we were in contact with over that time went into massive backorder. But the consultants were not just selling, they were, you know, going crazy. So I guess that's my next little question here is in relation to COVID because you guys, unlike most companies, started pretty much in the heat of COVID. You sort of really got your momentum as COVID hit. So you've kind of just had all of this hitting you. How And at that time, you've had to move into a very online world. How have you utilized this online world coming from, you know, your background and your experience, how have you morphed or moved into that space to use, I guess, social media and and online technology to keep your business going? Well, one thing we were already, you know, selling pretty much strictly online and through our distributors. Luckily, you know, we weren't relying on in-person retail mm-hmm. um, to sell our products um, because that took a hit, you know, people going there and luckily we're selling a cleaning product and, you know, people were very, um, still are very, um, you know, uh, those are in pretty much high demand, you know, as far as yeah. um, cleaning and, and all that. But so that really helped that we weren't, starting out relying on in-person retail and and went this direction because I do think that would have been a little bit harder. And honestly, our distributors took off with it. They were a huge part because whenever COVID hit (laughs) at that time, we were still the ones out in the warehouse with just a few others, not many, um, mostly family members. We were the ones out there still ordering the products, packaging the products, making them, shipping them. We were just trying to get our products out the door. So, you know, it didn't leave us a lot of time to really go out and give our distributors the tools that they needed. But 
they just fell in love with the products and they just started sharing it. And so that's just really how it took off. And, you know, now we're trying to help with our content and resources and getting the material out there to them to help them grow their business even more. But at that time, it was them. They were out there, the ones sharing it and uh, really promoting our products. And we were we were just busy <laughs> in the warehouse. Yeah. <laughs> you were Sorry. running. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, you know, given the experience that you guys have and, you know, I know as well, Erin, you've got family. How have the both of you been managing this? I feel like you've kind of been thrown into business and, you know, we know that being in business is, you know, it's all consuming. And when it's your baby and you're passionate about it, you'll do anything and everything you can to to give it the legs that it needs and and get it up and going. But at some point, you've got to balance that out with life as well. Otherwise, you burn out. How do the two of you go about balancing this newfound uh, business world that you guys are in and life and making sure that, you know, you stay, uh, I guess, um, keep your cup full in a sense? Yes. Well, I'll take this one. <laughs> Kids and a husband, um, you know, one thing that did help us was being out here on our family land. Um, when we built the warehouse, it's just right here beside um, our home. And so that really helped. I have a now 13-year-old son and a seven-year-old daughter, and they've just grown up around it and with it. And, you know, my seven-year-old, I think she could probably run the warehouse outside. Yeah. So, Are they supportive of you guys? Yeah. Do they love watching what you're yeah. up to? And they're, yeah, that's really cool. Yes, they definitely do. So, um, you know, it hasn't been easy, especially, you know, that one year I was still working full-time plus doing this in my home. It was, it was a lot and it was very stressful, but you know, they've just been very resilient with it. You know, if there's times when my kids need more of my attention, then I have to give it to them. Mm -hmm. And so that's just, you know, I feel like balance is kind of a tricky word. You know, we have all these different seasons in our lives and, you know, especially during launch time, the company was our main focus. Um, and that's kind of where we were having to put our attention to. But, you know, when things shift and uh, seasons changed and, you know, my kids need more of my attention, I'm able to shift it there. Mm -hmm. And so I think a lot of it's just about adapting yep. and, you know, finding even through the very difficult times and the fun times, just finding the, um, the lesson in it and the growth and learn from it. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think, having experienced working a full-time job and doing this pretty much full-time without employees, experiencing that for, you know, the months that we did, you know, makes us more grateful for having, you know, employees and this being what we focus on. Um, because when I was still a principal, the it wasn't just like a, seven to three job or, you know, um, eight to four job. It was most every night I had an event like a basketball game or baseball mm -hmm. football game or an award ceremony. And that made it very, very difficult to get out here. And um, a lot of times, you know, I might have two days through the week that I could come after school and work and we'd work till like nine or 10 and then get up. But there was not one day during that time that I had a break uh, or a minute, you know, to myself to go anywhere to do anything. And so I think experiencing that really helped, you know, experiencing kind of the worst of it as far as time and um, being so drained. Um, but in, in the situation that I was in, I couldn't just give a two weeks notice. Because in education, you generally finish your contract, and my contract was up in June, and you know we really started getting busy in December, and mm -hmm. so you know when COVID hit, some of that um, was alleviated because there were no baseball and softball games anymore; they had been canceled. You know we would do school until noon online. And so that really kind of freed me up to be able to come out here more and, mm. and put time here instead of having to do both of them. But 
you know, I did still finish my contract and had to focus on school. So that was a little bit more difficult. And then um, Aaron was able to, I believe, like in February, January or February, January came out <laughs> full time and was making and shipping. And I mean, it was, but it was still full time work until nine, Yeah, you know, and um, her having uh, the kids and all that. So it was a really, really challenging time, but it was necessary because that was the birth of our business. Yeah. Yeah. I love seeing where you guys are at and I love hearing the story of that transition and that process. And I'm really super excited for you guys and what's to come next. So, you know, from from two people that have started a business, you know, if someone else is thinking of starting a business and they're listening to this podcast, what advice, you know, quick little piece of advice that you could give them? The thing that helped me the most was people and products you've got to have a good product. If you're wanting to start a business, if you have a service, you've got to have a great service. And, you know, that is mainly the key. And the thing that, you know, really kept me going and looking forward. And of course there was doubt throughout, you know, along the way, but I knew that I had a good product. And so that's kind of what kept the, the company going forward was yeah. the product. And the other thing is people. You've got to have the right people in your company. You've got to get advice from the right people. And um, I feel that if you've got a good product and you've got the best people, then um, you can be successful. Awesome. Um, okay, guys, I've got some fun questions for you. Our standard questions our, lo- our listeners love to hear. Um, the first of those is what's your favorite book for us to add to our accelerator book list? Well, an oldie but goodie, of course, is Dale Carnegie's The How to Win Friends and Influence People. But I also truly love reading Andy Andrews' books. Um, he has a few, you know, a few of them out there, but um, The Noticer or um, The Traveler. Um, what is it? Let's see. Swimming pool. Yeah, there's a whole bunch. I really enjoy his books because a lot of those focus on perspective. And, you know, I think that's very important, especially in this line of work, is to be able to look at things from different from a different perspective. Um, you know, not just a business owner, but also a distributor or consumer. Um, you know, when we have a different problem that comes up not to focus always on the negative, but what is the positive that can come out of it? So those are some I like. And um, The Noticer by Andy Andrews, that is the absolute hands down best book out there. You can take away so much wisdom from um, every page. It's just great. Yeah, right. I need to check this out. (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely. And it's a short, you know, it's a short read. It's, um, you know, but it is, a really good book just filled with nuggets of wisdom. And um, I can't say enough great things about it. Um, another one of my favorites, and this is not a business book or whatever, but it's one that I can read over and over is Kite Runner. I love that. Oh, yep. Love that book. Yeah, awesome. And, you know, it's really funny you bring up how to win friends and influence people, Erin, because we actually forced our kids, worst parents in the world, forced our kids to read that book. And I completely agree. I think it's a it's a brilliant book and it's timeless. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. I'm going to have to remember that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we waited until they got into a bit of trouble, which they all do when they turn about 13, and we used it as, as a, you know, hey, you know what, if you want to earn your stripes back, you got to read this book. <laughs> Love it. So if you could have a superpower, any superpower, what would it be? I would want to fly. I like Me to travel too. and I would want to fly. I think that's the most common answer people give when I yeah. ask that question. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, that would that was mine too. And we didn't even. Right, <laughs> we didn't I'm even- going to add to that. If you could go anywhere in the world right now, if you had that superpower, where would you be off to? LA. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for it. Oh, there's, uh, I would come to Australia. <laughs> now I didn't prime that. <laughs> okay. So what's your favorite quote? Oh, do you have one? Mm-hmm. Mine, I watched a documentary years ago, and I cannot even remember this um, lady's name. Um, she was an older lady, but she did long-distance swimming. And, 
you know, she would swim in cold waters and sometimes shark infested waters, but she did very long distance swimming. And her motto, when she gets to the point where she's exhausted, when she doesn't feel like she can go anymore or um, the end seems so far away is make it work. And it's so simple. The quote, make it work. When I was um, working on my master's, I was teaching full time and, and um, that took a lot of my uh, time and I was working on my master's too. And it was kind of a difficult, I'm not nearly as difficult <laughs> as being a principal and then doing this full time too. But <laughs> at the time, it's, you know, what I thought was the most time consuming and draining. And I put that quote on my refrigerator. So I would see it often. and. Um, that kind of really helped me get through because I would just think, you know, no matter what I've got to do, I'm going to make it work. And, and for some reason, it's very, very simple, but for some reason that's been powerful to me. Well, um, I kind of have, well, I have one that really spoke to me whenever I heard it. And I believe it was Christy Wright um, from the Christy Wright show that said it because she does talk a lot about, you know, being a wife, a mother, and um, owning a business. And it's, you know, act the way you want to feel. And that's really hard sometimes for moms. You know, we have a lot going on in all aspects of our lives. And, you know, we can get down and um, be sad or have our mind on, you know, 10 other things that are going on in our lives. But to really, when you walk into the room, act the way you want to feel. If you want to be happy, if you want to have a positive attitude, you just act that way and then it's going to happen. It's going to come out. Yeah. So that's something that um, I always try to remind myself because it is, you know, it can be difficult a lot of times. But um, I also love the scripture, uh, Matthew uh, 6, verse 33. It says, but seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, don't be anxious for tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. And that's just something I remember singing as a child. And it was on my daily devotional a few days ago. And it just kind of brought all that back to me. And yeah. I just have, have it on a screenshot on my phone now and um, want to try to always remember that. Yeah, I love that. So good. And uh, back to what your first quote there as well, Erin, it reminds me of one that's one of my favorites that that we bring up a lot in our training, which is uh, your inner thoughts become your outer reality. So what you spend time thinking about, worrying about, being anxious about, you'll create. It'll it'll happen on the outside. And so I, I think that's really powerful. Thank you for sharing those with us, guys. I've got one last question before we wrap up. And that is, if you could go back in time and you could say one thing to your past self, what would that be? You're going to own a business. <laughs> I never, ever, in a million years, really, honestly, never thought that. And always said, oh, I'll never own a business. I'll never do that. And, Get ready. Uh, but the, when, when I was in high school, um, I always told my business teachers in the classes, you know, that I had to take. That well, I'm never going to do this. I'm going to be a teacher. I don't need to learn this. <laughs> and I've had to um, reach out to them, to my accounting teacher, and say, "Guess what I'm doing now?" <laughs> you know, over flat out that I, that I will not do accounting. Never will. So this is this is pointless for me to learn. And I had to eat those words for sure. <laughs> It's a really good reminder for any of the kids out there listening. There won't be any, but if they are, stick at it because you never know when you'll need to use it. And and funny enough, um, I've used, I had a great um, teacher that taught me how to use Excel in high school. And I used that constantly. And, you know, and my mind goes back to some of the things that I learned. And I mean, Funny enough, a lot of the things that I did learn in those classes, I'm using every day. Do you know, it's funny you bring Excel up because it's one of the skills I didn't learn in school that I really regret because as, you know, in business now, and Greg's great at it. He knows all the formulas and he can make it look great. I sit here and I'm like, I know that there are formulas. I have no idea how they work. I don't know how to do it. I just know how to fill a box in. (laughs) Yep, I'm the same way. Well, probably what I would say is... um, 
something that's very important to me is personal growth and development. Um, and I didn't start that really until, you know, probably my early 30s. Mm-hmm. So I would tell my past self to start on that journey a little bit earlier. Yeah. Um, and just in everything you do, just be joyful and have a positive attitude. I just think that can really help you out so many areas in life. And, you know, because our main thing, what we're here for is we really want to help people. We want to help others. Um, you know, we want to give them the correct tools that they need to be successful. Um, and of course that will gain our success, but our, our main goal is like, we want to help people. And also if I can add something else, I would have also, I would also like to go back and tell my, um, past self to invest in Tesla early. (laughs) So you're going to say Zoom, but Tesla is, is good too. Zoom, Zoom. Facebook, <laughs> any of those. All right, I have to ask, does this mean you own a Tesla? I don't. Oh, I don't. see, I, if it, I, I don't, I'm afraid we might lose some subscribers if I say this, but it's actually my dream car is having a Tesla. It's the, mm-hmm. the next one. Oh, yeah, I drove one. I rented one um, a few weeks ago and drove one for the first time a few weeks ago, and I really liked it. Yeah, yeah. it was <laughs> Have you seen the celebration mode it does? If you I did not, but I did try some of the other funny features. <laughs> okay. Um, I feel like I need to send this to you. So the, the car has a celebration mode, which is designed, you know, as Elon Musk in his quirky ways designed it as like a, a show-off feature if it wins a race. And so it literally dances. It 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 puts music on and it dances and it's a cycle it goes through and here's the thing about it once you start the celebration mode it goes for about two minutes it's very loud it it controls its own music so it winds its windows down it turns the music on the world can hear it you can't stop it and I was like I can't own a Tesla because I know what's going to happen I'm going to pull up drop my kids off at school one of them's going to figure out how to turn this thing on and out the front of school in front of all the parents my car's going to do this celebration mode so I can't own one as much as I'd like to. I feel like I can't. Yeah. The car shows off too much. <laughs> yeah. Funny. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to at least have a little bit more control. If you can shut that off, then maybe. But yeah. 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 We'll have to talk to uh, Elon about that. We'll get to that. Right. Yeah. We'll that's send right. him an email. <laughs> we will. I'll get, I'll give him a ring straight after this. It'll be good. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, guys. It's been such a pleasure thank speaking you. to you. And, and I personally just want to say congratulations and well done on where you're at, but I am so super excited for where you're going. And, uh, you know, thank you for choosing this industry and for giving, you know, so many people the opportunity to grow their business in this space. I think you guys are rock stars and I can't wait to see what happens for 2022 for you. Thank Thank you you very much for having us. Yes. This is our first ever podcast. So well, there you go. You, now you can, you can set up your own and you're off. (laughs) I listen to them all the time. Never thought I would be on one. So (laughs) thank you. No, absolute pleasure. It's been great chatting with you guys. And thanks again to all of our listeners for tuning in. It's great to have you guys as well. And we look forward to seeing you on the podcast next week. Thanks, everybody. Look after yourselves and bye for now. Thank you for joining us in this episode of the Direct Selling Accelerator podcast. If you love listening and you found that this was helpful for your direct selling business, please like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can also check out the recommended video that's popped up on your screen right here. I look forward to seeing you again next time. Bye for now.